Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. We are back like we never left. I didn't ever leave. You did leave. You left me. I you went to, to Hawaii. told everybody I was going on vacation. I can't believe you took... Your wife and you didn't take me to, to Hawaii with you. You know, it just is the way, the truth, and the light. <laughs> it was you the brought final. me back a bottle of wine. Yeah, that's, that was from Napa. That, that, that was from Hawaii. You went from Hawaii. Well, you went from Vegas to Hawaii to Napa. Mm -hmm. You live in that good life. Well, most of it was for work. Only one of it was for vacation. But yeah, you know, traveling is good. Back to being done. Traveling is very good. Um, but yeah, sorry guys. I mean, used to know you love me and you miss me. We got a lot of messages. I had a couple of people that they didn't see that it said replay. Um, we didn't get our wealth building Wednesday out this last week because Ryan was on vacation and um we put out a replay from a couple of weeks back, and I think uh we talked about interest rates rising. I think it was like 30 bips back then. Yep. And people were like, wait, what? Because this last week obviously the Fed raised rates uh, another 50 bips, which mm -hmm. will get you guys an update on really what we're seeing start to trickle out into the real estate marketplace and how that could, one, create opportunity and or hardship for a lot of people. We are on, of course, the side of opportunity. So we'll be digging into some of the data here today. Uh, we've been definitely seeing really crypto markets and the you know financial markets as a whole really i don't want to say a big dumpster fire but it kind of looks and feels like a big dumpster yeah, fire i mean it's it's, an, it's a tough time to invest right now we have a uh, we have a myriad of items going on so we'll go over those in a little bit but yeah no it's everything is on fire right now we got some yield curve updates you know how much further can the market dive and what do you as an investor do in times like right now uh, we've got some updates on, you know, some data around high frequency factors for the economy that really kind of tell where things are trending and give a little bit of a snapshot there. Um, so we got some good updates for you guys today. With that being said, if you are new to the show, welcome. We talk all things money on Wednesdays to help you with your financial journey. A lot of the data that people don't dive into, we just like to dig in, pull back the layers of the onion and really identify how these things tie into what decisions you are or maybe shouldn't be making around your financial journey. So with that being said, if you haven't subscribed to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Uh, one of the things that we offer to all of our listeners is one, if you're an accredited investor and you want to look at more syndication, passive investment vehicle opportunities, you can always text the word deals to get on my uh, accredited investor list. 
um, deals to 844-447-1555. And one of the things that our uh, listeners love and take advantage of is the free financial x-ray. So if you've got an investment portfolio and you want to have someone look into every nook and cranny of it to make sure that it really, one, is optimized and performing the way it should be. But two, probably the thing that I found most valuable was really understanding um, all of the fees and charges that go along, not only from the advisor, but from the custodians and really understanding all of those different things and how they tie into your financial plan going forward. Because there's a lot of money that was being left on the table and I wasn't necessarily getting the most accurate snapshot of, you know, based on what goals I was looking to achieve, where I was investing and allocating money was just not necessarily aligned with that or in my best interest. And so that's something that Ryan and his amazing team do each and every week. We get all kinds of people that reach out, text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. Did I miss anything on that? No, no, no. I was going to say, you know, the the biggest thing right now, I'll just remind people, you know, there's a, when you're in a market kind of like we're in right now, um, nobody's really making any money. It's who can lose the least amount of money right now and stay fully invested. So um, don't call me and ask me to make you money in a, a market that's hard. Oh, right? I've had some people are like, oh yeah, you know, I figure that you're probably just not losing any money. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, 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 sir. Everybody's losing money right now. No one is hard. immune. No one's immune. Systemic. Um, the hard, the hard thing right now is we have a lot of conflicting areas of the uh, that are going on. A lot. The data that I was looking at and we were tracking, um, it was very good. That came out. Earnings were great. Uh, we had a positive response after the interest rate hike. Market was up about three and a half percent that day. So that was a that's a positive. And then the next day, that was down about another three point six. So it gave everything back and then some. It's funny. I uh, I saw this kind of quote the other day, and I saved it because it's so true. And I think especially right now, it you know holds a lot more uh, weight and is just spot on. In bull markets, investors only see opportunity and are blind to the risks. In bear markets, investors only see the risks and are blind to the opportunities. Yep. It's true. And I think in this market right now, if you're a long-term investor, it is littered with opportunities everywhere. It's all... And like people are always like, man, I've never done really good in the stock market. And like, I know exactly why. I would say, why, why is that? They didn't stay invested in a down market. It's, that's the, they only, they bought high, sold low, re-entered the market after it was, had already fully recovered. So they missed the recovery. And they, that's what, that's what typically happens. It's, it's very sad because people just do it to themselves. And it's not, Really not super difficult. Uh, I I think I was talking to one of our clients this last week that was just not having a big issue, but just wanted to have a little bit of an explanation on what we thought was going on. And we had sent out kind of a newsletter to our clients. And we had said that, you know, we wish that, you know, when people thought about their investments, they kind of thought of it kind of like their house. Um, Because when, you know, you buy a house, you buy it, and no matter what happens in that house during a period of time, or whatever that that house is yours, and you don't just get rid of the house. Uh, you know, you have pets in it; they grow. You get them young; they grow old; they die. Sometimes you have family members that are in that home that die. Um, life events happen, good and negative, but the house still remains, and you don't get rid of the house. And a lot of people like to kind of treat their in, uh, money like a like a slot machine or a casino and they hit the button and if they don't get the result they want, they just take all their money out and move to the next machine. And that's why casinos make a lot of money because they know that people are very impatient and they're, they're looking for instant gratification and that's how they make money. Um, the old moniker of the stock market being a regulated casino is definitely to a point true. It, it really is kind of like a regulated casino. You put your money in with no guarantee of return you have unlimited risk and you don't know when you'll make your money, if, if at all. It's just there's heavy regulation like there is in the casino. And it's, it's geared towards the investor, not the, um, not the people taking your money. So that's the one big opposite. 
And I, what I keep telling my clients is you, you cannot just make money all the time. Um, in investing, it's, there's going to be a time, even good investors lose money and that's how they learn. But during, um, the, the data would show us that the longer you have your money invested, the less you take losses because you don't ever get back really to your principal balance because you have so much earnings on top of that. A lot of people started, started their investing journey last year or two years ago or three years ago. It was trendy and sexy. Yeah. And you know maybe the people that are two or three years out have some buffer, but a lot of the people that just started investing last year have lost all the money that they made and probably are into their principal. And I have to just tell the people, Welcome to investing. That's how it works. It's not a, hey, get rich quick stuff. And a lot of people also think that when we actively manage money, that we, we just go, um, that we have some like triggering event where we go, okay, we're invested. Okay, now we're going to go 100% to cash and we're going to rebuy everything. Nobody knows that's, that's not possible. If somebody could do that, everybody would have their money with that person or entity. And the reason that's not possible is because there's too many moving parts. And there's too many what are called systemic risks, things that no matter how smart you are, you just can't diversify away from them because there's nothing that can control them. Geopolitical risks over here in Ukraine and Russia. We have inflationary risks. We have um, consumer behaviorism that we can't um, mitigate away from. We just have to understand the risks that we're taking and be comfortable with them and know that multiple times through an investor's career, you're going to take losses and they're going to be losses that you don't like but you have to take them. And the whole time you take those losses, you'll get paid yield. That yield will get reinvested and there will be a recovery and you'll be a part of that recovery. You'll make your money back and then all that yield that was reinvested will give you the end then some. And you'll talk about how you made it through a down market and be ready for it to come again. Every four to seven years, it's going to happen. And there's going to be little dips in between that. And it's, you were listening to Warren Buffett this morning, and I've, I haven't said that, that I think he is the greatest investor ever, but he is one of the most prudent and strict on his rules. It's something he's been very good at is being a contrarian and also just understanding the basics of investing like 101. You know, he, I think he was saying in the clip you were watching, I don't think people understand what they're actually buying. And if they right. understood what they're buying... They wouldn't care so much about the price because the price really isn't that relevant in the short term. It is in the long term. But, you know, he made that example of somebody bought their house for $20,000 one day and the next day somebody made him an offer for 15000 that they would be upset and they, they, you know, don't, you wouldn't sell your house then. That just, you just keep it. Yep. So um, that's very much for some reason the stock market and investments in my neck of the woods have tricked people. And really, it's because people also like to go off of headline news. You know, they like to they like to think even the people that will tell you they don't listen to the media because they don't know they all listen to the media, and so they they you know see oh recession looming or they see a um, a headline oh you know X Y Z says you know this is going to happen. And, you know, they don't take a step back and say, well, yeah, that's a pretty blanket statement. Does XYZ know me? Do they know what I'm investing in? Do they know what I'm doing? Probably not. Probably not. Um, so there's a lot of uh, like generic or what are they called? Stereotypes that exist for a reason, you know, and we joke about them all the time. But there's a lot of stuff that just you know, is a blanket statement and is it not is not wholly true? Right. That would be very much the case when it comes to uh, the news. If you think that the news media knows something that they're going to give you that you're going to make money on, you are you are you are really 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 far behind the ball on the information because that that's old news. That's been known news. They're going to repeat it about twelve times in the next eight hours. If you keep the news on, they'll just say it over and over. And tomorrow. It could be the complete opposite story and they'll say it with just as much truth behind it. They'll believe it. Yeah, it it just doesn't... You can't make your life decisions off of headline news. You have to say, what am, if I'm, I'm going to invest this money, I'm going to invest for five years, what do I want to do with it? Yeah. And it, something bad may happen two or three times in the midst of that, but we got to stick to our guns. And again, that's the hard thing to do. And it's really hard especially right now because people are emotional with their money. So how 
much farther can the market dive? Because, I mean, we're seeing some, and I don't know if the statistic is true or not, so you tell me, because you would know. Um, I mean, of the major indices, at some point last week, was it one of the largest, you know, dips in a day that the market has seen in decades? I think that it was a pretty good pullback. I don't know if it's decades. It's kind of because if you go back two decades, we're in the 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of um, more like 15, 16 years, you know, like 2008, uh, 2000. And we how had much a re- did the market drop last week? I don't know exactly how much it dropped last week, but I don't look at that. I just know it's down. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it dropped last week, partially because half the week I was on vacation and I wasn't working at all. Um, but a good amount. We're down, we're down almost, we're down over 20% on the NASDAQ. We're flirting with around probably 15 to 17% down on the S&P and somewhere similar uh, on the Dow Jones industrial average. Those are big uh, pullbacks. And a lot of those are going to be in, um, a lot of the bigger pullbacks are going to be like in names like, but I'm personally invested in, unfortunately. Um, but are more hyper growth um, tech names. So you have like Nvidia is down a lot, Tesla is down a lot. I've you know my favorite Twilio, it's down a lot. Um, and it's so funny because like I was going back through my notes, like on February 9th, uh, Twilio was trading on like two hundred fifty dollars a share, and it was up twenty six percent that day. So just like in one month from now, that could totally be the case for the stock market. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's how fast it, it changes. I was looking at my Palantir. I mean, one, I'm glad I sold a good chunk of what I had from my pre-IPO investment at like, I don't know, you cashed me out at, at like what, 23 or 24? Yeah, I told you. That. I was looking at it this morning. I was like, oh, nine, 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 sixty something, three hundred percent more. Ooh, we we did it. Um, and I still hold Palantir. Yeah, I I am. I don't have any problem. It's just. It's it's gonna be cheaper right now. Yeah. And like that that whole that's not a bad thing. It's just that's the way it is. Things will never be the same. You know, <laughs> it's just it when you invest, you can't always win. Yeah. By design. And you should be happy when you're not winning because that just is a it's an easy indicator to say, I need to buy. Yeah. And then everybody's like, Well, what do you buy? Nobody knows just by quality. Yeah. Well, that like what Buffett said, right? Like you're, you're not buying a stock. You're buying a position in a business that just happens to be wrapped up in the vehicle of a stock. Yep. And at the end of the day, right? If you're a long-term investor or holder, you're, you're not just buying the product, right? You're buying the team, you're buying the business plan, and then obviously the financial upside you believe that's going to be captured along the way and that just doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't you know remain static so you have to be you know emotionally aware of the fact that you're getting on a roller coaster and anytime i get on a roller coaster you know there's There's enjoyment going to the top it's fun going down it's a little scary around turns and things that you don't know are coming and that's part of the fun of why we get involved in these things as well. But you have to be realistic with the timeline that you would expect certain returns to get actualized for you. And whether it's a real estate investment syndication or a single family house that you're buying, or it's a stock, you're you're not just buying the product. Like There's much more that goes into that investment being whole and optimized to what you expected to do over time. Like there's a key word in there over time. It's just, it just doesn't happen in short, you know, spans like that. And I feel a lot of investors and really all different vehicles have gotten jaded over the last couple of years about, you know, the potential for things to happen so quickly because a lot of the reality was a lot of what generally and historically took much longer timelines to come to fruition were really compressed by this black swan event. So like, don't let one data point on a very long timeline completely, you know, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for, but don't, don't let it completely, you know, characterize your and, and formalize your investment strategy and mindset going forward. Cause it's just not the reality of the situation. Also the best investors that I know constantly know that nothing is static. Nothing is the same forever. And therefore you have to be willing to pivot and adapt and meet the market where it's at and take what variables are in the equation to still figure out getting you the outcome that you desire. But understand that it's not going to be the same all the time. There will be certain things in the rear view mirror that give you maybe a little bit better of a crystal ball going forward, or maybe a little bit more um, confidence in what might be at that point in time. But if you get fixed in one mindset or one strategy and think that that's truth and fact forever, you're going to be in for a rude awakening at some Correct. point in time. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, I, there is ways, like, there's ways to not lose money and mm-hmm. invest, isn't there, Matt? There is. For the majority of the time, it, for, for a variable asset that has no principal protection, but has a lot of things, we have real estate, right? Yep. Normally doesn't make the returns that it has, but it definitely has made the returns in the past few years. But when it's pulling you, let's call it four to seven percent. I think that's a very average rate of return, and we're talking before your mortgage yes. costs, right? But we'll do the overall annualized return. A lot of people forget, like, yeah, but let's add on to that. Maybe I'm a full time real estate investor, so now I have depreciation. You get all the tax advantages. Anything is it twenty five hundred? Yeah. Anything over twenty five hundred repay? Just repairs. For is it anything. Over 2500 you can depreciate off as a full-time mm-hmm. real estate. Yeah. So, I mean, like, then it's like, oh, wow, I'm going to put a $5,000 upgrade to the front of my house. Not only do I get to write that off, now the freaking value of my home's up another fifteen grand. And, oh, look, interest rates are low, so I'm going to go and tap into the equity. I'm going to get that all tax-free back out. And when I reset it, yeah, my mortgage payment goes up by 300 bucks a month. So I'm $300 out a month on my cash flow, but I just put $600,000 tax-free in the bank. Or, you know, or something like that. It's a pretty big spread. Probably not that much. But... There we have real estate. Then you go to principal protected. The only place that's going to give you no risk and uh, any sort of rate of return is fixed insurance products. They're the only thing that does because guess what? An insurance company is taking the risk for you and trying to pull Delta. And, and Matt has a policy. Matt, you're making about 9% on your insurance policy. Not your cash cow. This year, maybe it'll be really good, Yeah. right? Yeah. Right now you're making you're making that rate of return with no risk, but it, real estate's been your main thing, and that's always going to be your main thing. But you have that going. For other investors, uh, I've had some people call in that are like in their you know fifties or towards the uh, the tail end of their uh, working years. We have equity index annuities where we can index to a market index. We have no risk, but we're really only going to make like three, five, maybe seven. Like I said, percent on mm-hmm. a really good year. So then what happens is, you know, this is where people's minds work and how it's really bad. It's like they want all those products now. Yeah. But then they don't understand those are long-term products. And then they get into those products and then they want the returns when the market gets back from the stuff that has all the risk. But they don't want to take any of the risk. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Exactly. But that's the beauty of holistic, diversified investments, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, you know, and this is where I think people getting clear on what's first what's next, what's after that, based on some of those variables, right? Like, what is the upside I'm trying to capture? What's the downside I'm trying to mitigate? You know, what do I really need? What do I want my money to do for me over these certain periods of time? And like right now, right, money that I'm giving you is one, very long, and then two is high risk, high growth. Yep, I don't need moderate I don't need safe at this point in time. I'm 33 years old. I, that, that, I'm okay with that because I've also got cash on hand. I've got a little bit of money in crypto and I've got a good chunk of my, real, you know, my income and investments in real estate. Yep. So I, the, the, the question for most people that I think is like understanding where you're at what do you want your money to do for you in the short term? What do you want your money to do in the long term? Right? Like you and I had a conversation and I think this is something that again, guys, having the conversations is is half the battle. Like most people aren't even talking about this shit. Like just start having conversations. It may not be right, it may not be wrong, but it it's going to get you getting more reps through 
an arena in a space that most people don't even have conversations in to get more data up there, more perspectives, more ideologies, more theories, more strategies. And eventually you're going to start seeing things slow down and connect based on what it is in your brain you're actually trying to solve for. And so like for you, I asked you the other day, I was like, hey, bro, I want to make sure that my mom has $20,000 a month coming in. How much money would you need from me in order for me to guarantee she gets that income every month? And you were like, what, it was like three and a half million bucks or something like that? If you wanted it to be just straight withdrawals with her, not, yeah, we probably need about that much money. Right. So, so again, I, 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 I don't fucking know. I was like, I just, that's what I'm trying to solve for. I want Mama A, you know, when she hits 70, to have 20K a month coming in, no matter what. Outside of my stuff, I'm not worried about high growth. I'm not worried about this or that. I just want safe, stable, consistent income from for her at that. What do you need for me? And that's what you said. I'm like, okay, cool. So now that I know what that number is, let me start working backwards as to where I'm at today and where she, you know that timeline of when she's going to get there. Okay, I've got eight years to make that happen. So let me figure out based on everything that I have going on and all the funds that I've got earmarked for this project and that thing and this and that. Okay, well, how important is this to me? So where does this fall in my totem pole of importance? And then how aggressive do I need to get in siphoning cash over to get to some level of 3 million liquid to you know, or, or over time, right, building up to that three and a half million dollar mark to make sure that we're hitting milestones in getting that income for her. These are the conversations that I see so many people missing. And that's why we love having these guys, mm-hmm. right? That's why we love each and every one of our subscribers who, you know, follows the show, who shares these things out, who hits us up. You know, this thing, this stuff isn't always like super sexy and exciting, but what it unlocks for you in your life, for your family, for your ability to go and have a much greater impact than just seeing dollars and commas in your bank account. Like, this is why we like doing this stuff because what it unlocks is sexy. Yeah, exactly. Time freedom. So with that being said, you know, we've seen in the short term, one, if you guys want to have more of these conversations and you want to dig into some of these things based on your specific goals, just reach out to Ryan. And you can do that by texting the word X-ray to 844-447-1555 and start thinking about some of these plans. I mean, this is some of the stuff that, one, we do it every week, almost every day. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, it's amazing to see how many people call you, hit you up, right, get on your calendar. And, you know, we're talking 40, 50, you know, sometimes 60-year-olds. We got, of course, you know, 20s and 30-year-olds. But some of these people that are later on in their wealth journey and have a good chunk of money to their name, and it's not performing at the level it should based on what goals they're really trying to solve for, it blows my mind when you tell me, you know, some of the stories, obviously not the individuals, but like just the overall stories of how many people have, you know, they're not far off from where they want to be, but the plan of what's actually going to get them there is non-existent. Yeah, they have investments. They don't have a plan. A lot of people have investments, just like a lot of people don't have a plan with their investments. They just have set up the investments with no plan, which is like, again, that's a great first step, but you have to take a plan with the investments. And then that's why when the market goes south, you just don't worry about it. That's why I don't stress when the market's like, my personal assets are down a ton. I mean, way more than everybody else is on this show. And I'm not worried at all. And, And like... I mean, if people knew like how much, it's a lot. Like it's a lot, a lot, a lot. Like some people, like more money than like maybe 10 people combined would say in their lifetime. And I have lost all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's not a big deal because it'll all come back. So I'm just buying more of it. Well, and I think, right, what, what I take, and it, it's, it's great having one of your best friends be your financial advisor too. Because... I'll be the first to admit, do, do I hit you up? And I'm like, dude, what's going on? This is freaking me out or this or that, right? Like at the end, having someone who can emotionally balance the fact that we're all human beings. What, what I love about you is your confidence in the system, your confidence in the plan and your confidence in the timeline. Yeah, that's my job. And the the reason I'm so confident is because, again, I took over the company from my father. My father has been doing it for 33 years now. Yeah. 
and he's been through multiple market cycles. I mean, the worst ones, dot-com bust, 2008, and then all these. He went through the 90s. Um, I don't... I've seen... I've, I, I have the, you know, hey, you know, when this happens, this happens. And when you, this, this is going on. This is likely going to follow. We have that experience. I may not have been the one doing the personal investing at that time, right. but we've done it. And we have, but fun. you don't need to. Because I, I learned you to so know how much to do it. from all my mentors that lost all of their money or a good chunk of their money in 2008. Yep. And they just told you how not to do it. I mean, you you don't have to. The beauty is you don't have to go through the physical pain yourself to gain the wisdom. Now, no, you just have to have right. You like, do have to know somebody that has right. I was going to say, like, pain and f- real world experience is, of course, the greatest teacher, right? Because you're going to have your own unique perspectives, and you'll you know receive that experience in a different way, and it'll change how you think and act and, you know, move and get results going forward. But you can also gain a significant amount of wisdom. True. And that can change how you think and act and what results you get going forward from other people too, right? Mm -hmm. And so based on a lot of what we're seeing in the market right now, a big concern was, hey, if we don't, you know, get this yield curve, you know, back to a normal-ish, you know, shape we could we we could be in a little bit of a dangerous you know it was yeah and it wasn't inverting a ton but it was inverting in the middle what are we seeing right now it's the yield curves normalizing i want it to you know it needs to get a lot steeper on the the like the curve end of it not the front end of it and you know i need to see the yield between the 10 and the in the five-year treasury a lot more than 20 basis points but it's nice to see 30 31 32 yeah. Instead of 30, 28, 31, you know, that we don't want to see short term debt having longer yield than long term debt. That's not a good thing. It's, it's naturally going to happen in volatile markets like this. Happened a lot in 2019, um, but the market was on a tear. So that's less important. And it's, it gets a little more worrisome when it's going on and the market's not as healthy as it is right now. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Flipping that on its head, all the data we're getting from the companies, like I keep saying, is is very good. And so I don't really know, going back to your question earlier, how much farther we have to go down in the market. I think I said about three or four weeks ago that we were either going to come out of this or we we're going to continue on about 7 to 10% more slide. Um, but it's all still pointing at like June, July. Um, Russia's not doing, again, good in the war. Um, I think the analyst that we're talking to says they can probably maximum afford to be there through September. I mean, they'll just have to pull back and stop fighting. Um, They just don't have any munitions or money to make the munitions right now. 
Uh, Russian economy is not doing as bad as it was, but is not doing well. They're not dealing with the inflation stuff that we're dealing with here, but they also domestically produce most of their products. They don't import as much as we do. Mm. Um, but there's, you know, right now the, the, I know it's kind of like a joke, but there's like this woman that comes around, quote unquote woman, um, when the market gets bad and everybody calls her Tina and Tina means there is no alternative. There's nothing else to do except stay invested in quality. Wait, who's Tina? It's a joke. Tina, there is no alternative. Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was that, like, who is this Tina gal? Yeah, Tina is Tina is that. It just means there's... We were talking like another Karen, but for the stock market or something. No, it just means that there's like, you don't try to avoid losses when there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. You just have to make sure that before the losses happen, you bought quality assets. And any of my, one of my listeners listening knows they've seen their investment account statements come to them weekly. We're losing money. We're losing money just like everybody else. But we're probably losing a little bit less mm -hmm. as long as we're not invested in you know, hyper growth assets, which in that case, we're probably losing a little bit more. But we have a plan. I can explain to you what's going on and why it's going on. It's not like I don't know what's going on. The only thing I can't answer is when is it going to stop and what exactly is going to happen? Nobody knows that. I at least can tell you I don't, I don't know that. The data and my feeling, and I have said this, is looks like Q3, quarter three, we're almost halfway through quarter two here. Um, it's going to be starting somewhere into Q, Q2, beginning of Q3 is my opinion. Um, that can change with a lot of stuff. It changed on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, what should have happened is with all the data that came out from all the earnings in a normal market, that would have set the market up and we would have had a, we'd be talking about how much money we've made because we invested on earnings. Um, there's just a lot of factors right now that are still bogging that down. But my recommendation to people that are sitting on the sideline with cash is take that leap. Know that it's going to be, you know, you should get some experience being invested in a choppy market so you can get that under your belt and out of the way. But just know it's always going to be it's always going to be fine. The stock market always, always, always comes back. Don't worry about anybody that says it's going to crash to zero. Don't worry. It's not. It, you just have to be confident in your investment plan. And I would not be in, confident if I just had investments. But if I have an investment plan and I got somebody I can check in with, that would make me feel a lot better. So take that leap. So as we have seen the stock market experience challenges mm -hmm. what about cryptocurrency doing the same thing it's it's proving that it is the whole time essentially you know here's one it's exactly what i said it was and what people have been saying is it's a great place to speculate and that's pretty much it there it look at the nasdaq and look at the crypto market if the nasdaq is down the crypto market's likely down NASDAQ's up, our stock market is up, the crypto market is up. It's a place people feel comfortable speculating. And ultimately, no matter what asset it is, people still treat everything like a goddamn stock. If they can sell it, they're going to sell it when it goes down. They're, people are, sorry, pretty stupid with their money. They have no idea how to treat it. That's why I have a job. Um, it's it when I sit back as the professional and I have to listen to people complain to me about I've been in you know invested five years and I've been making my now I'm, I'm taking losses and I don't like it. Man, you man, my shut the fuck up light is like going off. <laughs> I'm like Jesus, man, this is so ridiculous. You're over here just making money, making never calling me to say thanks for making good investments, but the second you're down ten, twelve, thirteen percent, when everything. Yeah, and not just your stuff, it, right? It's it's like oh, right. the market as a whole. What do you do? What do you do? I'm we're investing. Welcome. Welcome did you forget the the, Did you forget this side of the coin? I have never told anybody ever that we're not going to lose money. I tell people I'm going to lose the money. I mean, it's it's part of investing. So, not that I'm telling anybody not to call me, and I'm going to tell you to shut the fuck up. But <laughs> get my point when I say. It's a broken record. I have to play over and over and over and over. Risk is a part of being invested. Losses are a part of being invested. You have to take losses in order to take all the wins after them. Losses are a setup for a win.
It's like life. You have to lose in order to win. You don't just get to win all the time. So, you know, if you guys are taking big losses and you aren't getting the information that you like, I'm happy to manage your money and, and make you lots of money long term. But don't come to me and be my client and then ask me what, you know, what's going on when everything's going on that way. It's, it's the way that it is. The, uh, the smart investors always mo- treat their money like a tool and not as an emotional barometer on how they're feeling that day. It's, it's that's just not fair to your money and it's not fair to you. So Papa Pal came out this week and basically shared what the Fed is doing. Mm-hmm. They raised interest rates, another 50 bips. I think that puts us about... 87.3, 87.2. Little, little shy of 90 one, bips this yeah, almost, year, right? Almost 1% or, or 0.9, yeah. So we saw what that initial bump did, right? Because ultimately, it's not an immediate... I mean, the, the market bakes in that... Prior to it happening. Prior to it happening, yeah. correct. The real estate market is a little bit different. Yes. And takes some time to absorb what that bump in rate actually does in different facets of the industry across many different asset classes, right? Because at the end of the day, we're talking about the cost of money is changing. So before we dig into what we're seeing as a result of one, the initial rate hike this year, and now what, and again, it's too early to say what the data is going to show and reflect with this latest rate hike. However, I think we can speculate a little bit and use some of the data that we've seen trickle out after the first uh, you know, increase in interest rates. But I want to get your take on this because I've been hearing this from a couple of different people, which is very contrarian to what many people are saying and thinking. Will interest rates drop this year at some uh, point in time? No. No. I've heard arguments of certain people saying, right, they're aggressively bumping rates. Those people are, whoever that is, they're soft. Therefore, they're going to... Remember that old moniker selling your book? They're going to bleed off their balance sheet as quickly as they possibly can. And then they're going to drop rates a tiny bit to re-stimulate and keep the kind of buying train going. Not this year. There's not going to be any interest rate drops this year. I mean, it, it, I don't even think there's a any chance. Um, maybe next year, you know, maybe they'll heat it up and then cool. You know, almost like when you how you do your shower, you put it on max heat, mm-hmm. and when it gets to the temperature you like, you just. Yeah, I thought I was the only one who did that. Yeah. That's that's how smart dudes do it, huh? Exactly. Instead of putting it right where you want it, you heat that. I don't know up. where I want it. I just heat it all the way up and then drop it, it back down. down. That's yeah, but that. That ain't happening this year. Okay. Let me let me put that little let me put that to bed. Well, I wanted to get your away. I wanted to get your thought on that because I, I heard a couple people say that and I was like, no. I think they're gonna raise interest rates all the way through quarter one, maybe even quarter two of twenty twenty three. How high do you think interest rates are gonna get? Two percent. So we got another one percent and some change to go. Mm. I think the next hikes are all gonna be quarters and there should be four of them. You heard it there, folks, Mr. Breedwell. That's my guess. I don't know. I just have to get... I've, again, I'm just an educated guesser. My guesses are not always right. They're most of the time right. But that's why you have a job uh, in this world. If you're 100% right, you'd have everybody's money. Um, we're not 100% right, but we make good educated guesses. Uh, I will say that I'm still buying all the stuff that I said I was going to buy. Um, and I'm still allocating the same way that I was going to allocate for people that are wanting long-term uh, growth. I still have the areas of the market that I'm looking at for our ta- my like more tactical models. Um, probably layering off more risk this week. Um, so I'll, I would assume maybe towards the end of this week I'll have a lot more assets allocated towards like not paper but dollar things track the U.S. dollar. Um, I really like, uh, and you, not, you shouldn't buy this. Got to talk to your financial advisor before you buy this. And it's not a recommendation to buy. There's a good index fund, UUP, up. That's a 
bullish um, index on the dollar that I like to pick up in volatile times <clears throat> tends to do very well. We did that in 2020. Um, made a really good rate of return, went long the dollar through July. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I know. I'm going to try to be making money money for people on both ends. Um, it's just a hard time to be an advisor and an investor, but it's not a bad time. Yeah. Just a hard time. Yeah, right. Same thing in really any, whether it's a certain facet of business, right, with things changing, whether it's real estate, whether it's stocks and investing, nothing is always going to be easy. It shouldn't be. That's... That that's for sure. Yeah, or else they're like we wouldn't have a show. Everybody would just make money, and you know, if you ask the fucking crazy ass liberals, that's what they want. That's socialism, except it's not as bright and sunny as this. It looked more like Russia, and everybody eats shit food and fucking. Imagine having a bologna sandwich every single day and telling me how it's the best bologna sandwich you've ever had, <laughs> and that would be a fucking lie, wouldn't it? Ugh. So that's um, <laughs> that's uh, that's socialism in a nutshell. It scares the hell out of me, and. It's crazy how many people legitimately are brainwashed by it. And yet when you ask them factual questions, can't have them. They can't argue. They don't even know what to say. It's just an emotionally driven response that has no validity Correct. within it in many different contexts, right? I'm not bucketing all all liberals in, you know, all Democrats in that, but things started going south when it started getting sketched to say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Man. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, you know, far right Republicans that oh, yeah. are just as I'm not bad. Saying, I'm not saying that. Fucking yeah, too. I, don't, I don't like crazy far. I don't like crazy right or left. Yep. But like, you know, but the, but gone the, are the times but, but when the left we, has shown yeah. to be much more far Correct. and crazy than the right has. And, you know, that's it's really hard to argue. That being said, we'll digress out of politics for a second and just talk about, you know, the state of the real estate economy, we'll put it as. Um, just some updates for you guys in terms of we saw as, you know, many people have been saying this for years, you know, we're in the ninth inning, right? It can't go, the party's almost over. And then year after year, and really we're three years into that kind of narrative of things being completely, you know, uh, overinflated, can't go any further, can't go any higher. Just not the case. But as we're now starting to see the dust settle from the pandemic, we're starting to see, right, a lot of moratoriums being lifted, a lot of forbearance being foregone. We're starting to see a lot of helicopter money dry up. And that is momentary. Who knows? We'll put an asterisk onto that. Um, but we're now starting to see, right, the Fed do what the Fed is doing. And this ultimately is going to drive, I think, some of the shifts which we're already seeing in the market, guys. So inventory bottomed seasonally at the beginning of March and is now up 27%. Now it's still down about 1.6% year over year. But if you yeah. go into and look at, you know, basically they do it every week ending. So starting, let's say January 1st, it was down 30% year over year. It's going to be only down year over year right now because last year it was summertime and that's when all this is like end of would you let me see how good of a realtor I never was end of April May is like huge like brand like hey we're getting it on this on the market for the summer you got a lot of us ramping stuff. up yeah because weather starts to get better winter time is always lowest but if you go week over week over week over week over week let's say we started the year down 30% year over year on inventory. We are now, as of 5-6, uh, looking at this report, at down 1.6%. So we're almost back even to where inventory was at last year, and we're trending in a direction of increasing inventory. Yeah, yeah. and it's in the... In it this is the it's the messed up part because we wanted this story to happen last year, right? We wanted inventory to like slowly catch up and like go up by maybe twenty five basis points to fifty basis points a month. So like inventory is hitting the market quicker, but it's not going so fast to where it bucks the trend. Now the trend is starting to cool off, and and uh, and inventory hit the market. 
uh, the, you're going to hear a lot more people and you're going to see a lot more graphs. The main graph you'll see right now floating around the internet to talk about a housing recession is going to be the cost, uh, the percentage of median income needed to purchase a home. They'll affordability. Use, they'll use the affordability graph and they'll go back to 2000 on it. And it yeah, looks like, I, I got what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. I, and I got data for you on that. Yeah. But Thank the, you, sir, Mr. Segway. Yeah. But the problem is, again, you can cherry pick data. We were talking about this during COVID, how as data was getting cherry picked. And like you could take the same set of data and say it four different ways and have four different outcomes from that. That is a hundred percent fact. But let me tell you what that, where that, um, this is why it's not applicable. And for the past 42 years, folks have been in a falling interest rate environment. If they ran that graph back 50 years, what you would see is you'd see that graph at a very much higher level. It'd be in the 50s. And that's when interest rates were at 18%. And guess what people were still doing back then? Buying houses. Buying motherfucking houses, baby. Yeah. They were buying houses. My parents bought a house towards the low end of that bell curve where they'd be like in the lower than we are now, but similar. I remember my dad saying, he was like, oh yeah, we had an 11.5% regular mortgage, but you had to pay off this like 18% teaser mortgage on the front end. like, And that was totally acceptable, totally fine. Um, other things come in lockstep with that. Your bank accounts will start paying you more interest. Your, uh, the cost of money will go up. Banks will have to pay more yield on it. Things will happen that are just... Just don't focus on just the negative. Right. That one stat, be it factual, is so much... Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the word I'm trying to say where it's a fact, but it's not really like an applicable fact. Almost like there's a green plant behind you, but it has nothing to do with your wealth building. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. That's a fact, but it has... So that stat is going to be ran with by places that want your attention so they can, so they can show you an ad, so they can get clicks, or they can have you on your TV show. But you have to take a step back and put all, all the data with it. Yes, money is getting more expensive. That's why that's going up. But is it getting too expensive? Because if money's going up, but then the asset goes up with it, I have to pay more when I get that asset. But then when I buy that asset, it's going to continue to appreciate. And so, yes, I may be paying more to leverage somebody else's money, which that's just a cost of it. I mean, honestly, we're back to where we were in 2006 and people were still buying a shitload of houses through 2006, 2007. It's not the end of the world. It's just not what we're used to one month ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, rising rates will definitely cool the housing market, but a crash, in my opinion, I don't want to say it's out of the question, but it's highly Highly unlikely. I think it's highly, yeah, highly unlikely is what I would say. Highly unlikely. And so, you know, shifting back to here, here's some things that are a reality and what this, you know, rate hike is doing and will continue to do because some of this data is not even baking in what just happened this last week with the 50 bips getting pumped up. But what I will tell you is some trailing data of how the market has absorbed and responded to the first rate hike. So housing affordability fell in March of this year. The mortgage average mortgage payment is up almost 10%. So that's up 9.7%. And the median family income is only up 1.1%. So there's a delta there, right? So take that for what it's worth. Now... I'm going to give you some statistics of what we're seeing here in terms of the ratio of a family income or a median income in comparison to what is required to pay, you know, an average priced home bought in the US with 20% down. So the US housing uh, was the least affordable ever back in July of 2006 when it took 34.1% of someone's median income to make their principal and interest payment on an average, a 20% down payment, whatever that mortgage payment was, P&I, that took 34% of your income every single month to pay for that. And this was back in July of 2006. That was the highest ever. 
at the end of February this year, we were already back at 29.1% of the median income to pay for your principal and interest. As of April 21st, again, this is before the rate hike that just came this last week. As of April 21st, that payment to income ratio has now climbed all the way to 32.5%, which is just 1.6 percentage points off the prior record. So what do you guys think based on what we saw from the initial rate hike and how that played out? is going to happen after this next 50 bips, right? Affordability is going to continue to be an issue for people. Therefore, we're going to have to see something change in the market. We're going to see one, less buying power. Two, we're going to see demand start to slow a little bit. And we're going to have to see sellers come back down from Mars to planet Earth and say, okay, if I really do want to sell my house, Right, then I can't keep expecting these excessive, aggressive gains month over month or year over year and the value of my home. So, we're going to see some of this stuff start to stick, and we're going to see people have to respond accordingly to then, right, make their next decision based on what makes the most sense for them. But the market's going to start to respond to some of these things. Some other data for you mortgage delinquencies are at record lows right now. And this is all according to Black Knight data. You can go and check this out. Um, But the national delinquency rate fell 2.84% in March, which was uh, better than the 3.22% in January. Uh, They have fallen. Mortgage delinquencies fell 15.5% from February compared with an average March drop of 10% over the last 20 years. Now, of course, good employment or at least trending employment trends Uh, continued student loan deferrals, strong post-forbearance performance, and millions of refinances into record low interest rates are definitely helping put downward pressure on delinquencies. And we're still seeing good, right, strong home value growth in those early months. Now, what I'm going to be paying attention to is what happens for the remainder of Q2 heading into summer with this new increase and the cost of money to go and buy a house, how many people that pushes out of the market, how many people that remain in the market decide to now look at all of the kind of variables in the equation and go, maybe my leverage and my posture and my negotiating power is now starting to swing back a little bit. This pendulum is swinging back a little bit from all of these sellers who think that they're going to get 30 offers and they're going to force me into you know, going 100K over asking, maybe there's now only two people competing and maybe they're not as aggressive or as sure or as needy right, to get into that home because oh, maybe we'll find something else this next month because of X, Y, and Z variables that are trending in this direction. right? So the narrative, the overall sentiment, the overall confidence is going to start to shift a little bit, guys. And I would pay attention to that because one, that can give you great opportunities. Now, national payment to income ratio, we talked a little bit about that. Black Knight data on affordability goes back to 1996. That doesn't include um, housing in the 1980 period when you know the 30-year mortgage rates peaked at over 18%. Ryan mentioned that you know a few minutes ago. But the least affordable American housing has ever seen was back in July of 2006, right? That we just talked about. And so a rise of just 50 more basis points in you know, rates or a 5% in, uh, rise in home prices would push affordability hands down to its worst level on record, no doubt. And it probably will get there, which we'll probably end up talking about in a couple months time or a couple weeks time when more and more data comes out. But what we're going to see is definitely some opportunities for people to identify getting into houses and paying less than they were before. But again, it's going to be because we're baking in and factoring in a lot of these variables. And one is just going to be the cost of money, right? So making sure that if you're an investor and you're buying these types of assets, you have your analysis, your due diligence, and of course, your plan based on the timeline that you're looking to hold these things, you're buying accordingly. And know that 
right? If you are holding long-term and the analysis makes sense and the returns are meeting what you want them to, it doesn't matter what the market is doing today. We're talking about the overall timeline and life of this investment for you. And the beauty is maybe you pay a higher interest rate today and guess what? In three or four years time, if interest rates dip back down below again, you go and refinance, you pull cash out tax-free, you go, right? So like being in these types of assets are going to be beneficial no matter what long-term, just make sure it makes sense today and you can carry potential downside and know that if you hold for the long-term, you're going to capture all the upside. It's the same, right? drum that we've been beating on the stock side as well. We're long-term investors. So just keeping that you know, in your mindset as you go out and think about and execute on making investments, whatever that may be, really important. The other thing that I'm starting to see is you know, when we see challenging, I guess, markets or landscapes or times, it's amazing to see the um, it's really amazing to see the creativity and the evolution of industries, of strategies, of companies. And um, with affordability being a very big issue right now in certain markets around the country, was able to uh, you know, do some research on kind of a cool model that's coming out. And co-op living, house hacking, that's been around for some time, right? You Instead of you know one person living in a house, you got four bedrooms, you got four people you know renting out a room. Well, there's a uh, a startup company. I forget what they're called, but um, basically they're doing, and this is pretty popular in like Asian countries, Japan and and China, where they have like pods, sleep pod hotels. Well, now we're starting to see certain people do pods within homes. So, for example. Uh, Palo Alto, I think the startup company was the first one that they launched was like right next to Stanford. It's a house that, you know, the mortgage payment would have been like seven or eight grand just to get into a basic house because it's so expensive out there and in Silicon Valley. And they put 14 of these pretty cool, sleek, sexy sleep pods inside of a home. It's like a four or five bedroom house. You know, has a kitchen, has co-working space, offices. It's got these 14 sleep pods, a garage, a backyard, a pool, all that kind of stuff. And they're renting these sleep pods out, 14 of them for $800 a month. So that's $11,200 a month in income coming in on their, you know, mortgage, covering their mortgage and, you know, keeping the delta of whatever that may be. And you're starting to see these types of models roll out where I think more and more people also are going to be a little bit more open-minded to this way of living. And you're going to see assets that potentially didn't make any sense before start to make sense with some of these newer trends, right? We're starting to see, you know, ADUs become more popular where people are plopping in, you know, tiny houses or storage containers in the back of their, uh, you know, properties. So there's more and more ways to now start making assets more income that weren't one either acceptable before or two the technology or the construction or the ability to execute on some of these strategies just wasn't around. So I think we're going to start continuing to see more and more evolution of these are challenges. Well, let's go and solve these challenges, right? And that's where innovation and that's where opportunity one can get captured and obviously financially these investments can make sense as well. So Thought that was a kind of a cool model. I know many of you are out there house hacking. You guys are, some of you are in very expensive markets where you're like, I can't find anything that makes sense in California. I get that, right? Like most of my real estate assets that I hold in California, I just got lucky and bought in 11 and 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 along the way when it kind of did make sense and now it doesn't. But now we're going to start seeing like, hey, nothing makes sense. Okay, well, how do we make it make sense, right? And now some of these things are starting to come out and more and more people are taking time to invest in these solutions and it's starting to make sense and now it's getting trickled into other markets that are seeing similar challenges so excuse me so interesting stuff i love this kind of stuff i'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on the real estate market as a whole yep. are we going to see prices continue to increase are we going to see them cool off and stabilize are we going to see them drop and go down 
Shoot us your thoughts, 844-447-1555. Don't forget to take advantage of the free financial x-ray. Don't forget to get on my accredited investor deals list. If you're looking for passive investment opportunities, just text the word deals or text the word x-ray to that same phone number, 844-447-1555. With that being said, guys, we love y'all. We missed you. Breedbill, don't ever do that to us again. I'm sorry. And we will see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.